This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Good evening to you and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we begin another week of broadcasting. And the theme for this week is God Hates Mixtures. So much of what is pleasing to God is contrary to what the world's mentality is. We're going to focus on the wisdom of God as opposed to the wisdom of the world and how we cannot mix them together. Frankly, we cannot know God or his word through human wisdom. We're going to read and study the first two chapters of 1 Corinthians where Paul clearly shows the difference between the two conflicting wisdoms. But first, let's take a look at the atmosphere that existed in Corinth at that time as one of the largest cities in the Roman Empire. There were serious problems in Corinth, primarily worldliness, immorality, and pagan ways. It was a wicked city, open to various philosophies and strange doctrines. There was sin in the congregation, lawsuits among the Christians, marital problems, meat offered to idols, confusion about the role of women in the church. And Paul clearly taught that the unrighteous will not enter the kingdom of God, neither will fornicators, idolaters, homosexuals, drunkards, or extortioners. Most of Paul's teaching in the letters to to Corinth was about instruction regarding correct behavior dealing with sin and righteousness. He wrote about the cross and the difference between divine wisdom and human wisdom. And we believe that what Paul wrote to the Corinthians church at that time has strong application to the church in this day and age. And not only that, but as we proceed during the course of this week, we will see that it is the call of the church to demonstrate this wisdom to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. And that comes, Shelley, not by word, but it comes by our life and the condition of America today and the entire world opposes the ways of God. So for us to follow the Lord when we're born again, his life lives in us and his life is holy He teaches us when we ask him and turn to him for his wisdom, 
he guides us and directs us and he's a God who died for us so that we might be with him together in eternity. And it's important for you and me, Shelley, and for every listener to know that God is not a harsh God, but he is yes. a holy God, and he warns us to do things that are right in his sight yes. so that we might be transformed into his image and his likeness. Amen. I'd like to refer back to two portions of scripture in the Hebrew scriptures that talk about mixtures. The first is Leviticus 19, 19. You are to keep my statutes. You shall not breed together two kinds of your cattle. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed, nor wear a garment upon you of two kinds of material mixed together. The other is Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 9 and 10. You shall not sow your vineyard with two kinds of seed, lest all the produce of the seed which you have sown and the increase of the vineyard become defiled. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey. From a practical standpoint, these scriptures might not have had a great significance on your life. However, we're talking about the principle here that they speak of and is powerful and is seen throughout the scriptures, both the Old and the New Testament. It is this, that God hates mixtures. We even see this in, in the very familiar verses, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Verse 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. So we see a very simple example of the, the danger of mixing. If we're trusting in the Lord, we are not going to lean on our own understanding. And if we're going to lean on our own understanding, we're not trusting in the Lord. And how many times can I look back at my own life when I, le I leaned on my own understanding and it was not what God wanted to accomplish? It's very powerful. And in 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says this, which is clearly showing us God's heart. What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? The message is clear. God hates mixtures. And it does not please the Lord when we are born again in and through the Spirit and continue to live in the flesh. We, we so often analyze, we rationalize, we're trying to be logical, we live in our own wisdom, and God declares that he hates mixtures. It says, interesting, we'll re be reading 1 Corinthians, but verse 30 says in 1 Corinthians, but of him, or another version says, by his doings, you are in Christ, who has become our wisdom. Junie, that's such a gift from God that he has become, through Jesus, our wisdom. It's powerful. It makes me think of what it says in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. God clearly says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. And my thoughts are your thoughts. 
powerful, powerful verses. I'd like to read a portion of 1 Corinthians because we're going to spend a lot of time analyzing this chapter. 1 Corinthians, beginning in verse 17 in chapter 1. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, that the cross of Christ should not be made void. For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And now Paul quotes from Isaiah 29, 14. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not mighty, not, might, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. The base things of the world and the despised God has chosen. The things that are not that he might nullify the things that are. That no man should boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. June, these are such powerful verses. And we see that Paul's instructions is vital to us today because he's showing that he didn't come to Corinth. He didn't write this letter to Corinth. Um, to preach the gospel in cleverness of speech, or in other words, the way man thinks and man speaks, but that the cross of Christ should not be made voice. In other words, the heart of the gospel to Paul was the cross and the meaning of the cross, and unless we have that uh, impregnated in us, it's going to be what Paul says is another gospel. If we miss the cross, we miss the reality of the gospel. It said in verse 18, For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness. In other words, when, when I first heard, uh, when I first became a believer and heard about the cross, it seemed, why, why did he have to do that? But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. I want to emphasize this. The cross, the teaching of the cross, and the preaching of the cross is the power of the gospel. And let's face it, Junie, today, for the most part, most believers ignore the cross because nobody wants to suffer in any shape or form. But here's Paul emphasizing the reality, the necessity of the cross. And that really follows the way of Jesus' life when he walked the earth. Yes. For his 30-some-odd years. And... It 
depicts and shows how he overcame the devil for us taking sin upon himself, becoming sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. He came that we might be with God eternally. So I'm hoping this week will open up the hearts of our listeners and you and me, Shelley, even as we share, to turn to Jesus, yes, deny Lord. ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him because eternal life is planted in every yes. heart. Yes, let me just read, read verse 24 again. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, Verse 30, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom. God is so gracious. He wants us to be, you know, we were born in his image, and in his image, we have to adopt his His wisdom. Lord, we thank you. Thank, thank you, you for Lord. Paul clearly spells out that we cannot mix the wisdom of the world with the wisdom of God, and God has provided his wisdom. May we be encouraged this week to live in the wisdom of God and not in our own wisdom and boast upon how smart we are compared to who God is. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.